What's shaking, YouTube nights? Welcome to Lords of the Long Box presents the cover price top, excuse me, the cover price comic book shakers of the week for the week for uh, November 4th. Already, no shave November, boys and girls. Yeah. Say hello to Uncle Tivo's creepy mustache. It's going to be here for the whole <laughs> month of November. So we'll see which different directions I go. Jack and I were having a discussion about this. Sometimes if you uh, trim it too much, you end up in bad places and you just got to shave it all off and start over. But uh, why you guys are congregating in the live chat, you know what? Uh, let's get some music for you guys. Shall we say the word? Let's just say the word. You know why? Because it doesn't give word. me a copyright string and and, and it's dope. Go. So uh, why you guys are congregating, kick back, relax, put on your headgear. We'll give you a trip through the atmosphere. how you get a party started jb yeah. say what's good to the people how you doing everybody welcome to another edition of the shaker show here on the lords of the long box thursday night if you have not already come on hit that thumbs up you know you want to if you're not subscribed to the channel go ahead and subscribe man hit the bell so you don't miss the next show welcome we're gonna have a great one tonight jack yeah tell us what's up listen to jb go ahead jack <laughs> 
Yes, yes, yes. So it's been a long week of deal making, ready to see what's shaking. Excited for another hot list this week. Uh, we've got some interesting ones starting right at the top. So, right oh, yeah. Uh, you know, Matt sent me the list that he's joking. You know, he said he got a good chance of getting at least two for three. The rest of it, I really don't know. But uh, yeah, I would say one. at least at least three. Uh, this show is sponsored by the McRib. Not getting any compensation for it. Just telling you I love McRibs. Make sure you go out and get a McRib while you can for a limited time offer. Also, it's important, boys and girls. Today, this is November. This marks Men's Health Awareness Month. If you're at 40 age or over, please go get your... Uh, prostate check go get your col- your colonoscopy check you never know man just take care of yourselves and november is why we all grow our facial hair it can be a mustache a goatee a beard whatever but do it for no shave november men take care of yourself women make sure to men your men take care of themselves as well so that's your little healthy tip for the day this show is sponsored by our friends at coverprice.com for price collections and trends for 6.99 a month you can get all that you know what that is? Pretty much the price of McRib. You know, I bought a McRib value uh, a meal, and it was like nine dollars. Like, what the hell did I just pay for? I mean, the, the sandwich itself was only four twenty, but I got fries and a sh- and a drink, and it was like nine dollars. I'm like, all right, whatever, man. Anyway, shows also sponsored by our friends at KRSComics.com. Go to KRSComics.com. Use the discount code LOTLB to get fifteen percent off any KRS Comics exclusives. Also, from their pull box, you automatically get a 25% off. All members get 25% off on new comics. So if you have uh, new comics for FOC, you can get them there. Um, they don't have any exclusives dropping um, tomorrow, but this is almost sold out. I would highly suggest if you're uh, interested in getting it, go over to cover, uh, Karis Comics right now. I do believe uh, there's a couple of um, s- signed COA cover A's available and unsigned cover A's available. This is part of the whole Pokemon world of trading cards. So once again, it's like sneakerheads coming into the comic world. Now it's going to be Pokemon things coming. to. I think this is, yeah, Venomillion. So this is definitely kind of Pokemon related. Go check out our friends at KRSComics.com. They still got a couple of books left. So uh, get it before it totally sells out. There's already uh, some, most sets are sold out. But once again, this is the Cover Price Weekly Comic Book Shakers, where we, this list comes from our friends at Cover Price, focusing on new sales or the most interesting sales found in their exclusive daily shakers list. This chance. This changes several times every day to make sure you check it out every day to review some of the hottest trending books on the market. And to say there are some interesting books on this list would be an understatement. Um, Starting off with the first one on the list. What is it, JB? (laughs) All right, here we go. Let's get this show started with number one on the list. The Ambiguously Gay Duo Comics. Originally published in 2002 from J.J. Settlemeyer Productions. Now, J.J. Settlemeyer Productions is an innovative design and animation studio that started in 1990. They handled numerous ad campaigns and animated series that directly influenced pop culture. Some of those highlights for us include animating the first season of Beavis and Butthead and Saturday Night Live's Saturday TV Funhouse. Remember that one? With Robert Smigel. Now, Funhouse provided a particularly memorable fan favorite series called The Ambiguously Gay Duo. Now, featuring a late 70s, 80s animation style uh, around two superheroes called Ace and Gary. Well, in December of 1999, J.J. Settlemeyer Productions and Robert Smigel produced a four-page comic book story to be printed in that month's Playboy. Now, years later, in 2002, they reprinted the story along with other samples of the company's work into this 
32-page comic book with cover art provided by the great Alex Ross. Now, three rare copies came to the market this week and all sold, ranging from $69 to $72 per copy, VF copies, they said. Now, while this isn't a shocking price, it's a book that has a very low awareness and due to its cultural connection and being hard to find Ross cover will most likely increase in value. Well, we reached out to J&J directly and confirmed that they printed two print runs of 2,000 copies each for 4,000 in total. And per J&J, they were never sold. They were given away at speaking gigs, screenings, and sent as promotional swag. So how do 4,000 copies disappear? Well, time is a big factor. It's been almost 20 years since this was released. These also landed in the hands of non-comic collectors who most likely eventually threw them away or are simply sitting somewhere in their homes. The good news is these are out there somewhere. And man, we want one now as well. Happy hunting to y'all. What do you think of that? Shout out, amazing. Guy, shout out to the yeah, first guy who bought it for $69. Exactly. Right? I was just going to say that, right? He, he purposely knew he was going to buy it for $69. Yeah. And yep. the thing that Alex Ross did an ambiguously gay duo character, uh, for all of you kids that don't remember uh, SNL, SNL used to be absolutely great. It was must-see TV. You know, every Saturday, I, I still watch it now. You know what I mean? Uh, whenever there's a good host on, you know, you know, you could always uh, guarantee. But man, those, uh, and if you remember the cartoons, they did it. And the villains would always be in shock. Like, you guys don't realize what you guys are doing. They'd be like, no, like one would be flying and the other one would be riding on top of them. It was absolutely <laughs> hilarious, man. Uh, uh, and it was uh, they, Robert Schmeichel did quite a few other animated ones for uh, SNL too at the time. So, um, so yeah, the ambiguously gay duo issue number one. Alex Ross limited Crazy. to four thousand dollars. Never really got on the market because uh, there's uh, meant there's there's no really cover price on it. Twelve cent is just no, part it's of the promotional. Cover. Yeah, it was yeah, a it promotional was item. So they just giving them away. Yeah. Uh, they, there you go. Our friends of cover us. Robert Smigel wrote the little paragraph below that image on the cover art too. Ah, oh, look at that. Thanks for joining us. Cover price, but yeah, if you have this on your 2021 bingo card, you are well way ahead of the game, and you're gonna win. Maybe not. All right, here's your chance to get on the board, boys and girls, because I, I even have this one. Yeah, this is, a, this is definitely a popular speculator book for sure. We're talking about. Amazing Spider-Man 654, the second print from Marvel in 2011. And we all remember Flash Thompson, the guy who bullied Peter Parker early on in the Amazing Spider-Man series and on the big screen. It's hard to imagine that guy getting his act together, let alone turning into a hero. Yet Flash Thompson does just that. After a distinguished military career, he ultimately loses his legs while in service. But that's not where his story ends. Flash ends up bonding with a Venom symbiote to become Agent Venom, a cool plot twist that starts in Amazing Spider-Man 654. ASM 654 is around a $250 book in a CGC 9.8 and sports over 400 universal copies on the CGC census, and a whopping 295 of those copies are CGC 9.8s. There's also a rare newsstand edition with only 19 universal copies on the CGC census. The last recorded CGC 9.8 sale was back in 2019 on that one. And the ASM 654 Collector Speculator Darling, however, is the second print featuring some epic internal book art on the cover. 
A CGC 9.8 copy of the second print recently sold for an all-time high of $2,219, beating out the previous all-time high set back in April at just under 2K. That's a pretty that's pretty solid for a book with 46 universal CGC 9.8 copies on the census out of a total 220. A couple of notes of caution. There's a Mexican version of this book and the same interior art cover that is notably cheaper than the actual second print. Also, there is an ASM 654.1 that continues the Agent Venom storyline. But if you're looking for the true first appearance of Flash as Agent Venom, make sure to grab ASM 654. Yet we still recommend reading 654.1 as it's a cool story. There's your bonus book for the day. If you want to throw this in, uh, ASM 654.1. I like this version of kind of uh, a Venom, kind of like oversized, small head, you know, really kind of muscular. We really don't see that in the comics where he's more of kind of like a, you know, giant blob of stuff. But uh, we'll see where they go. I mean, it would be cool to see Agent Venom, right? I mean, you know, Sony has a ton of stuff that they can go in directions of Venom. You know, obviously, you know, if you if you watched Venom, then you've seen the the uh, the end credit scene, how it's going to looks like it's tying into. Uh, can I spoil it now? I mean, we can talk about it. It's been out for a while. Yeah, you know, yeah, it feels safe to talk about. Yeah. Peter Parker's does appear in the uh, Tom Holland. Spider-Man does appear in the end credit scene for uh, Venom number two. So. Looks like we could be getting, you know, like I always said, you got you can't have Venom without Spider-Man. So, uh, all right, second on the list is Amazing Spider-Man number 654, the Paulo Siqueira and Ronan de Oliveira second print Ooh. variant from uh, May. You like that? That's pretty good. Well right? done, well done. From 2011, 2219 dollars for a 9.8, and uh, my copy's not a 9.8 because it's damn pesky black cover on here. Uh, man, you can see every imperfection that comes out. So that's a tough one to find in good shape when you yeah. find it raw in the wild. Yeah. All right, so we go from a, a possible hit to a damn nearly impossible book. I know if you get this one, you're really good. No way in hell anybody got this one, man. All right, number three on the list. Ready? Captain America's Weird Tales, number 75, originally published in 1950 from Marvel Comics. Now, by 1950, the U.S. was over the war and war-based content. It was an exhausting and challenging time for the world as a whole. So five years after the war ended, it was time to move on. Marvel recognized this and examined the post-war Captain America, examined what a post-war Captain America looked like. Now, during this time, horror-based comics were immensely popular, and after 70 issues of Captain America, they decided to pivot to a more horror feel by changing the title on issue number 75 with Captain America's Weird Tales, featuring a very PCH cover of Red Skull. The title was carried over into this issue, number 75, which is straight-up horror-based comic without Cap even appearing in it. However, by issue 76, Marvel jumped back into the old star-spangled Captain America, this time focusing on the events around the Red Scare and hunting down communist traitors. This book was even titled Captain America, Commie Smasher. (laughs) This turned out to be very successful for Marvel, and the series progressed. With that said, these two horror issues are very highly collectible, and sold for a low-grade raw sale of $775, following September's higher-grade copy sale 
of $1,500. Nobody's got this. No way. Yeah. Especially with the weird, uh, looks like the the bastard son of the Grinch and Sasquatch. I mean, that, you know, <laughs> I've, I've never seen this before. Captain America's weird tales and it, and it's even a Marvel comic. So man, you know, obviously they were trying to figure out what to do, but it's so, this is one of those things where if you see it, I mean, it's gotta be something that you pick up cause you're not, I mean, how often are you going to see Captain America's weird tales without really Captain America in it, but you have, Basically, a uh, green Sasquatch, which it looks like to me, uh, or the Grinch went Sasquatch on it, so one of the two. But uh, hey, girl with the red dress. So, Captain America's Weird Tales, issue number 75 from Marvel, 1950, a raw, low grade copy. So, for $775 on October 31st. You know, I'm thinking they bought it because of Halloween comic yeah. covers. I'm just saying, man. I'm just I saying. still think, man, this is why I love this show because if you saw that book in a back issue bin for $250 in low grade, you'd probably overlook it. And now oh, everybody yeah. who's watching now you now you're gonna see and go oh my god right I know what this is that's the education yeah. of this show that's what's so great about it yeah who would have known that they had Captain America's weird tales right I mean they didn't know what to do after if, if you if you think about it during World War II right war comics left and right left and right and then there was like this weird span where you got this influx of horror comics as the war was over right and then to the uh the comic code came along and then you know that you know and we and we I talk about this show all the time the crazy uh pre-code horror covers that they were coming out with cuz you know the war was over you know before that you know if you think about all the golden age dc heroes they were fighting hitler and the japanese and everything else on all these war covers so why not have Captain America do weird tales with a green Sasquatch? That's what I'm saying. All right. So uh, here's another chance to get on the board. We'll, we'll see, man. Uh, what do we got next? Well, yeah. While JB's coming up with these wild and weird tales here, <laughs> I'm sticking with the symbiotes. Uh, we're going with Carnage USA number one from Humberto Ramos, the one in 100 incentive that Marvel dropped in 2011. And back in 2011, 1 in 100 variants were incredibly tough to find for even the hottest series. 2010 to 2012 were three of the lowest printed years for Marvel and have produced some of the most valuable variants due to their scarcity. This is especially true for this Carnage series, which most shops barely even ordered 10 copies of. 10 years later, it's truly cemented itself as a pricey book. This week, it had an all-time high raw sale of $450, beating out the last high sale of $449 back in January 2021. Plans for Carnage will not stop at Venom 2, so this should retain its value for the near future. I do not own one of these. I missed out a couple of times. On if you think about now and print runs, I mean, hell, independent publishers will do one in one hundreds nowadays, right? I mean, but in 2011, you have to think of the market and especially in comic book markets was totally different. I mean, we're, we're still reeling from the fallout from the 90s where they were huge, huge print runs. So finding a one in 100 from 2011 pretty hard pretty i mean not many sh big shops are doing that you know oh, it's but, amazing you know. yeah it's amazing how much the 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 market has changed just from a retail standpoint you didn't have retail exclusives back then which are largely where the print runs on these high ratio exclusives tend to go up when when there's shops doing variants for that obviously there was no carnage usa exclusive variants so you take that right out of the equation and you didn't have as many e-commerce based businesses that you have now 
um, which also are driving up. They're so pre-order based that they're driving up print runs. Um, so the game was just so different as shops were ordering for their pull list back then. Uh, so that I think that's reflective in the way that like this series didn't go. And also some of these characters have really elevated, not that carnage wasn't popular, but carnage wasn't a get your own series type of character in 2011. And now that seems silly. Yeah. I mean, if you think about now there's, you know, Karis comics, you know, you know, all these midtown comics and all these other different online sites for lack of a better term, not brick and mortars, you know, shops that, you know, that ordering. And now you have all these like uh, exclusive variants that are strict. You can only buy online as opposed to shops, mm-hmm. but back in, you know, 2011, Yo, things were, I mean, I can remember, I think it was, uh, I think I got back heavily collecting back in 2006, 2007. This was when The Walking Dead was really uh, blowing up uh, at the comic book shops. Uh, I remember that. And that was when, and shops were, were starting to, you know, come back to life. And, you know, now it's like crazy, right? If, you know, my shop, you know, they, you know, you get... Phew, you know, certain print runs and, you know, they're, and, you know, for a time there, Marvel was making them jump through hoops to get different types of, uh, one yeah, qualifiers and all that. Yeah. That was insane. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to remember if that was the case in 2011 where you had to literally order 100 of a book that had nothing to do with carnage USA to get in order to get carnage USA number one. But there was a time when they did that, they kind of pulled back from doing that because a lot of retailers were, uh, complaining about it. So, I mean, and if you notice DC really doesn't do, um, not nearly as many re, uh, racial variants that Marvel does, right? Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they typically have cover A, cover B. Sometimes you'll see a 1 in 10, 1 in 25. For special occasions like, you know, the Detective Anniversary or Batman Anniversary, you'll see, like, tons of different variants. But uh, back in 2011, it was a totally different world, boys and girls. So Carnage USA issued number one, the Umberto Ramos 1 in 100 variant from 2011. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Jack gets all the, ours, Jack gets all the ones that people uh, have chances of getting, and then the JBs is going with Obscure. Although, you know what? You know, we've been talking about anime and video game books here for a while, so maybe people have this one. Maybe. All right. Next up, we've got Dragon Ball number one, originally published in 1998 from Viz Media. Now, like Pokemon, Pokemon, like Pokemon, Pokemon. am I saying yeah. that right? Pokemon, like <laughs> Pokemon, Viz Media produced these standard U.S. comics, uh, produced these standard U.S. comics of these massive brands and did quite well with them. As they've both grown up in popularity, both Pokemon and Dragon Ball number one are quite valuable today. This first issue of Dragon Ball hit a new high sale of $200 this week. Now, there are only six copies of this book on the CGC census, the highest being a 9.6. Expect this book to go way up, especially if a 9.8 ever hits. Hmm. Yeah, this is, I mean, if you think about, I'm trying to think 1998. I mean, I was already a grown ass person in 1998, but I don't remember the hype around Dragon Ball Z in 1998 that it probably in the, over the last decade or so that Dragon Ball Z has gotten right. And, 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 and you know, and we talk about, um, Pokemon now is the huge thing. Speaking of which, um, you know, hey, this is on Kira's comics yeah. website, and this is a Pokemon or some type of Pokemon homage. That uh, there's a few copies left. If you want to get yours, use discount code of LOTLB. Uh, this is Venom number two, the Venomillion, uh, which is an homage to Pokemon, which I didn't even know to be honest with you. I really had to like take a take a look at it, but uh, but you know that's anime 
TV shows, movies, whatever. If there was a comic done before, just grab it because that, I mean, just look at the market. That's what this show is not necessarily about, hey, you know, these are the most expensive books, but it gives you an idea of also what kind of what people are spending on the market. So you the market is moving east. That is a very real thing. And I think yeah, I like every, every single week we have seen one of these, whether it's Sailor Moon or it's One Punch Man in My Hero Academia. Or even we are, Nintendo, or Nintendo comics too. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. We are seeing this Eastern influence, um, and even I'll even argue to the point of like even within Marvel with the new Agents of Atlas and the success of Shang Chi. Um, oh, yeah. I think we are going to continue to see that Eastern influence kind of coming in waves. And you just manga sales right now are so huge. Like I would, I would suggest to anybody who really wants an overview of what the market looks like go look at what like demon slayer that's just one manga title what their sales are in comparison to the entire u.s comic market i mean it's it, it's a comparable number yeah i would say you know robert kirkman's firepower i think you guys should be picking that book up because that fit checks off all the categories it's a comic book robert kirkman does it and it's kind of an eastern influence martial arts book and you know robert kirkman has great relationships in hollywood i wouldn't be surprised to see firepower being developed somehow some way uh it's also a cool read, man. yeah it's also a cool read so dragon ball issue number one it wasn't even dragon ball z yet. it was just dragon ball Number one from Viz Media from 1998. This is like maybe the third time we had a Viz Media book on here, uh, which is pretty fun, man. All right, we go from Dragon Ball to where the hell is that? That's right. We're taking it back. We're going to look at Expose Number One from DS Publishing from 1948. And we know we're past Halloween now, but that doesn't mean those pre-code horror comics are going away. Famously nicknamed the Nagging Cover. It's no wonder the comics code stepped in to censor such extreme subject matter. PCH books were not kind to women. Even death in this picture is pretty horrified by what's going on. This week, this highly sought after book sold in a CGC 4.5 for a new record high sale of 1575 There's an 8.5 up for auction on Heritage. So we are looking forward to seeing what that sells for. It is the highest graded copy that's ever come to market, and we expect it to land at around 15K. This is a gnarly cover, man. This is um, Exposed true crime, crime cases. Uh, the word bubbles under says, nag, nag, I'll teach you to nag. Jim, don't, you're killing me. Uh, and guess, once again, girl in a red dress. And uh, like you said, the the specter of death, um, you know, and I would say, you know, um, maybe uh, Marvel saw that and said, hey, we want to do death. But death has always been kind of personified as that. But, man, that is a gnarly cover. So uh, exposed number one from DS Publishing from 1948. Yes, Seduction of the Innocent, indeed. Boy, well, that is gnarly. That's why you have a comics code. Look at that cover. Yeah, that and that is when people don't understand it, and then especially the fact that comics were primarily purchased by children at the time. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, it's it's like, well, that's why that happened. <laughs> yeah, imagine a little Timmy coming home with this and his mom finding it, you know, in, 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 right. you know, in, in the in the 1940s, you know, she's probably like, yeah. oh, my God. Timmy looks at mom and says, nag, 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 mom. Yeah. <laughs> so you you got to think 1948 was probably, a, you know, maybe five or six years before McCarthy. 
uh, you know, and then Congress really started getting involved and stuff and, you know, talking about the selection of innocent and then cannabis driving the youth insane and all those kind of things. It was a weird time back then. It was a truly weird time. All right. All right. Here's another chance to get on the board. I remember I promised you three books, right? So we've had, uh, we had this book, this book, and I think lots of you got a good chance to break your offer with this one. What do we got? I think so too. I think so too. Next up, we've got Iron Man issue number 282 originally published in 1992 from Marvel comics. Now, War Machine was hinted at back in 2008's Iron Man number one. After over a decade in the MCU, he's another character getting a recent surge in the market value. While War Machine had its highest sale ever in July of this year at $800 for a 9.8, this week's $700 sale supports that high sale. For over 11 years, you could have picked this up for well under 200 bucks in a 9.8. It was highly undervalued until this past year. Though with Rhodey Rhodes taking the lead on Disney Plus's Armor Wars is most likely the key driver for this thing's increasing. I have this book. Yeah, I First definitely think night. it's yeah, it's <laughs> definitely going to get another bump when they show the Armor Wars uh trailer. And I think also uh, people have been snatching up that actual uh, run called Armor Wars. Uh, and, yep. you know, because people, they don't care if it has anything to do with the story. It's it's name recognition. And they just automatically jump to it. That's just how the collector market is. So if you come out with something called, you know, Warlock, then people go and look for Warlock and the Infinity Watch books. And, you know, it's just, you know, they're trying to get ahead of the game. But this book has always been, you know, kind of the thing. You know, if you don't have the first appearance of Rhodey, then go get the first appearance of War Machine. Um, obviously since it's a, it's a Disney show, I, I'm pretty sure that's why it wasn't called war machine, right? You know, it's a Disney plus show. So the, you know, it was changed to armor wars, which is the name of an actual storyline in the Iron Man comics where I believe in armor wars, it's like, um, I think they hunt down like Stark tech that's gone rogue and that's what, and people are, and that's why it's called armor wars, but, uh, be on the lookout for armor wars as well. That's serious. Yeah, and uh, this is another one. I hate to be the guy who pees in the punch, but Enrique just mentioned it in the chat. He says it's a. 281 is the first via cameo um it's one of those ones where it's kind of a cameo in name only it's a very strong appearance to 282 when it came out you know that's when i remember from being a kid like that was the book that was the book as soon as it came out the cover was cool the design of the character was cool this is the height of punisher being that badass this was very you know, shoot him up Punisher-esque and from a character like Iron Man, who honestly, I don't think most kids cared about at the time. Um, so this book has always been the book, but this is a complicated first appearance because this is a character who really shows up in 281. And then it, really it's Tony Stark wearing that that armor until like a, a issue, like a few issues down in the run. So it, this is I'll, it'll be interesting to see. Two eighty two has always been that book, um, and, yeah. and I, it probably has a chance of always being that book because so many choices are made off iconic cover imaging. Um, yeah. But but this is one if if this character really gets popular um, and this really takes off, if people start really looking into this one, I, I wonder if there isn't some other books that are grossly undervalued. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially with Armor Wars. You know, it's not going to just be uh, Rhodey in it. There's been talk about uh, what's her name? Uh, the young guy, Ironheart, <clears throat> will yeah. debut in Armor Wars as well. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's people always want to say cameo versus first appearance. So, you know, for the longest time, it's whatever the market dictates. And then, you know, absolutely. Uh, for, 
you know, even somebody recently from Marvel came out. I think it was a comicbook.com article where it was like, you know, somebody from Marvel who worked on the Hulk 180, 181 said, no, Hulk's true first appearance is one, or Wolverine's first appearance is in Hulk 180. But the market decided long ago that Hulk 181 was the book to get. So, you know, you can piss into the wind all you want, but the market is going to end eventually dictate on what's being what, you know, if you have both good for you, you know, but uh, it's what the market dictates. You know, you can get 281, 282, or you can get Rhodey's first appearance. Why not, man? Get them on and you want FOMO. That's what I say. All right. So we go from <laughs> Iron Man 282 from 1992 to an o- another offer. Yeah, this is definitely going to be another strikeout for some people. Because we're looking at the Lone Ranger comics number one poster insert variant from Lone Ranger Incorporated in 1939. And the Lone Ranger is one of comics' most successful series of all time. From the 40s to the 70s, it was a huge franchise. While the Dell 1948 comic series was the first series for the character, uh, he appeared in this one shot nine years earlier. The first appearance of the Lone Ranger in comics is one tough book to find, and it is only sold via mail-in offer for an ice cream company. Uh, the name is unknown, and this poster insert version is even rarer, which included two inserts, a poster uh, posted over the centerfold and a smaller one glued into the back cover. Uh, the poster version is the first sale we've seen for either copy, which sold for $2,850 for a CGC 7.0. Another fun fact, as noted by CGC, that this is also the first Western comic book devoted to a single character. Interesting. See, I did not know wow. that. You find out something every day. I mean, so, think about it. 1939, man. Uh, and this was back in the day when people used to uh, listen to radio shows, right? Hi-ho, silver, away. Remember that whole thing? I mean, when I was a kid. In the mail-in? Yeah, when I was a kid, I used to love the Lone Ranger movies, man. And then uh, Army Hammer and Johnny Depp just, just killed it. I mean, there was a, do you remember there was a Lone Ranger movie that came out in the 80s? Uh, do you remember that? Uh, there was no. a, if you look it up it came out in like 1983 84 there was a lone ranger film and it kind of did the mythos a little bit better like he was he was part of the texas rangers you know the group of uh you know lawmen and they all got slaughtered except for him uh, and then he ends up becoming the lone ranger gets the mask and everything and then you know i don't know why they can't um redo a lone ranger movie right i mean i think and maybe it's they- with that in mind that i sit and say i'll tell you tivo i think this is a underpriced book we when you look at some of the crazy prices that we see on this show on a weekly basis from late prints to just convention variants um you look at a price like this from a book from 1939 the first appearance of an iconic character a rare variant of, of that cover and one that was only accessible through a mail-in and then you think about the fact that like we're three guys on this panel who we see a lot of comics. This is not a cover I'm, I I see at shows. This no. is not something I was familiar with. Um, and you're absolutely right. I think you, this is a character uh, in a property because um, there's more than one important character, obviously, with Tonto on the cover. Um, there's that has kind of like stood the test of time. It's been rebooted numerous times. And I think there's no reason why you couldn't have. Uh, a new film or c- come with a new media with like an anime or uh, some sort of animated feature. There's all right? kinds of things that can yeah. be done with this character. Somebody said, I mean, for 2850, 1939 for 7.0, this to me is grossly undervalued to me, you know, to just to find it in that grade. And it's from 1939 and it's the first appearance of Lone Ranger and enclose a poster insert. 
Good lord, that is super rare. I mean, even that it came from an ice cream company. I mean, that's just the weirdest thing ever. I mean, Lone. I mean, go ask your parents about the Lone Ranger for all you kiddies who don't understand when they grew up on westerns and western cereals and all. When I say cereal, I'm not talking about with milk. Cereal meaning you know the episodic storytelling that they used to do on uh, on radio and uh, uh, they used to do it uh, before movies. You used to get these cereals before you saw a uh, a motion picture, right? They, you know that they, they would do it. If you want to see something really interesting, look at the Batman black and white serials from, I think, the 30s or 40s. It was incredibly, incredibly weird before its time. But, you know, it was it was uh, uh, it portrayed as kind of a dark Batman. But I think you can find some of the clips on YouTube. There's a there was a Batman serial. Obviously, everybody knows the Superman serials before the you know, Superman got his own show. But uh Lone Ranger back in the day, that was like your closest thing to a superhero, for, you know, in the in the in the in the, in the, in the Western books, man, and the, in the cowboy books, I guess the, the the picture funnies. But anyway, Lone Ranger's comics number one from Lone Ranger Inc., nineteen thirty nine. So for twenty eight fifty and 7.0. I think that's a great investment. All right, what do we got up next? All right, before we get to the next one, man, shout out to Matt and everyone at Cover Price for putting this list together. Just a fantastic job doing the research on these. Everybody who's joining us now, if you're if you're enjoying us, make sure make sure you hit that thumbs up. Let's get to the next one on the list. Millie the Model Comics. Good lord. Originally published in 1945 from Marvel. Now, Millie the Model was a very popular comic series. It's also Marvel's, well, you know, timely in the early days longest running humor series of all time this run had numerous spin-offs and also produced marvel's very first annual issue in 1962 it's an important book to the history of comics as it was the creation of one of the first women in comics ruth atkinson now ruth was a pioneer in an industry dominated by men she wrote penciled and inked this first issue working on the series until 1952 when she married and retired from comics. Now, in addition, this series also later featured the work of Dan DiCarlo of Archie Legend, who gave Archie their signature look, inspired by Millie. Now, this first issue and appearance of Millie the Model are still severely undervalued, as seen by this week's new high raw sale of $835. <sighs> Millie the model, man. Go figure. Millie Somebody the in the live chat said Stan Lee worked on this at one point. So uh, I wouldn't doubt it was yep. uh, Marvel. Yep. I mean, you know, Stan Lee was at one point, if you watch the, there's different shows or interviews with Stan Lee and documentary where he's like, he was, um, he was tired of doing, you know, Millie the model comics. He was tired of doing Westerns and this and that. And he asked his wife, you know, what should I do? And she goes, you should make a fantastic four book. And then boom. <laughs> You know, and that's, you know, and then Amazing Spider-Man, you know, and then it kind of started from that. But at that point, it was just like Marvel's in time. And he was like, hey, just make these cowboy books. Just make these uh, Westerns. Just make these, you know, Millie the Model, these romance comics. And then Stan Lee, you know, it's very famous. He asked his wife, his dear departed wife, Joan, you know, what, you know, I'm tired of doing this. What should I do? And then he came up with new ideas. So and that's how it gets started somehow. But uh, if you have Millie the Model Comics, number one from 1945, ah, 835, to me, that still sounds cheap. Normally, the, the Shakers list is really like way priced, but we also show. Oh, I agree. That's a cheap this one. This is because... the interesting part of the list, right? We talk, we bring up interesting sales. It's not always about Hulk 181s and yep. things like that. All right. Uh, last book on the list, maybe. Got a chance? I don't know. Yeah, I'll take that back. Unless yeah, you're a hardcore yeah. fan, yeah. You might have the regular cover, but we're talking about yeah. Robert Jordan's The Wheel of Time, The Eye of the World, number one, 
And we're looking at the sketch incentive variant that was a one in 10 ratio. And this was from Dynamite in January 1st, 2009. And based on Robert Jordan's immensely popular fantasy series of the same name, this comic book adaptation is getting significant market interest as we near Amazon's highly anticipated adaptation of the series featuring actress Rosalind Pike. After a teaser trailer hit mid-October, the book saw a slight uptick. However, after the full trailer hit last week, it got collectors rushing to find the harder-to-find issues. Like this 1 in 10 variant, which sold two copies this week and one at $250 raw and another for $350 in, in near mint minus raw. This show looks epic and and could gain a solid following with the show releasing on November 19th and the time uh, to look for these is right now. There are several series before Dynamite uh, by publisher Red Eagle and another one by Dabble Brothers which was released one year before it was reprinted into, into this series by Dynamite. All of those series are highly valuable and super tough to find. There, there's plenty here to hunt for. Meanwhile, check out the full trailer. Yeah, Ooh. so I'm not going to play a full trailer because I don't want to get my channel taken down. But um, <laughs> right. I've been talking about this on not only this show, but also I was on uh, Pressable Defects talking about, look, anytime, look, uh, the Wheel of Time, the Lord of the Rings, um, the Game of Thrones, even the Do- even we saw recently the spike in the Dune comics. All these, my pick has also been look for Indiana uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, the first appearance of Indiana Jones, or the further adventures of Indiana Jones that kind of fleshes out in between. This read the tea leaves. This is people are buying stuff that isn't typically because Wheel of Time was were novels before they were comics, right? If you think Lord of the Rings, novels before they were comics, Dune, novel before it was a comic, um, you know, um, Game of Thrones, you know, still waiting for the last book, you know, to, to drop. So, and you know, all those now is, is it's at the to- it's at the point that this is at the tipping point where it's just like, hey, get them now. You know, they're coming. Don't wait till after the fact. If you think you know they're they're doing Lord of the Rings is going to be a prequel. There's been different comics on it, but people don't care. As long as it says Lord of the Rings number one, they'll get it. Um, just like uh, the Game of Thrones. The Game of Thrones is um, basically the Semerillion or something along those lines. It's more of like when I believe when uh, the Targaryens are not the, is it the Targaryens? Is when the Targaryens come into Westeros, right? They haven't really touched upon that on the show. So it's when... Um, uh, this, is that the silver-haired people on uh, Game of Thrones? Yeah, the Targaryens when yeah. they show up with the dragons. It's when the Targaryens come to Westeros, and it's the it's when the Targaryen civil war where dragons fight dragons. Now look for that comic adaptation because Will of the Game of Thrones didn't have a huge following, but after the TV show, people who had never read the book were just full-on giant uh, Game of Thrones fans. So hopefully we got new. Uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, I, it, 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 the show kind of jumped the shark, right? Because they had to continue doing series, and Kirk, or um, uh, what's his name, the guy who wrote it, um, he kind of helped them guide through it. But basically, it was after season, I think season five, right? It was basically when after the stabbing of Jon Snow, where the where the books currently ended. So the showrunners were left to their own devices, and you know, season six, absolutely incredible. Parts of season seven, eh, the, the finale mm. left a little people a uh, little um, kind of you know, eh. So I think you know bringing back a prequel series will get the uh, will get the Game of Thrones hype up. Wheel of Time is kind of in that same world. Doesn't that remind you of Doctor Doom too? Also, by the way, 
George R. R. Martin. Thank you very much, Enrique. Yeah, George R. R. Martin. But doesn't this cover kind of give you Doom uh, vibes to it? The way uh, his, uh, you know, his costume is almost like he has Iron Mask on too. So, all right, that's the Shakers list. But hang on, boys and girls, we're gonna see uh, what's shaking today over on the Cover Price uh, website. It changes every single day, multiple times a day. So we'll see what's shaking today, boys and girls. Hang in there with us, and we do a little uh, show and tell here. Look at that. Got it right down to a T. Boom. Uh, boom. Right to it. So this is, you know, you got your weekly top 10. If you have a full membership, you all see uh, the sh- movers of the week. Uh, 23 units sold of this X-Men book. Infinity still showing. DC Vampires. But we're here to look at the Shakers list. And see what the biggest single sales are for. Oh, man. I got a Eternals. Wow, 9.8 for 17.23. Still think it's undervalued, but, you know, um, well, I'm seeing Eternals on Saturday. It's getting the lowest Rotten Tomato score so far, but for every comic person I've seen that watched the movie, they enjoyed it for what it was. Um, yeah, I want to see the real score, the, the fan score. Screw the... the, the yeah, I just had my first... Rotten Tomatoes were... I feel like as soon as the first wave came out and it wasn't great, then everyone's going to jump that bandwagon and just start shitting on that movie before it ever came out. I mean, I, I just had my first friend who saw the movie text me and all he said was, yo, Eternals is effing awesome. There you go. So that's I, all. I, I mean, that's the, that's the, you know, that's the friend like yeah. reaction coming out of the theater. Yeah. Look at this awesome cover. Marvel Comics number eighteen. They got you got the Human Torch, Submariner, the Angel. Look at the Vision. Almost looks like a Martian Manhunter down there, right? Nice. Uh, this is issue number 18, 1941. Raw for fifteen hundred. Uh, Nine point for eight thousand five hundred back in two thousand and twenty. Um, this book should be getting some uh, publicity lately. Tomb of Dracula issue number one. Um, if you haven't got it, you should get it. Uh, 9.0 recently sold for 1260. The rumor is Ethan Hawke is going to be playing Dracula. Uh, so um, uh, we've on our long-term spec list, we said that they're going to be doing Dracula is going to be introduced in the MC pretty soon. And the latest batch of rumors is Ethan Hawke hasn't been announced what his character is. But most people thought it was going to be Bushmaster, but uh, apparently he's going to be playing Dracula. Um, wow. the blade getting some love too. I'm glad I got my blade. I got a 9.0, but uh, a 5.5, so over 12.95. Good lord, do you remember this book used to be like a you know, not nearly a 12.95 could have got you right. a much higher grade than a 5.5, man. Good old horror books. Here we go, right up your alley, Jackie. You know, some Masters of the Universe number Absolutely. one. Direct sales with the new uh series coming out $711 Ooh. for a 9.8. Um, hmm, this isn't why because Master, that's right, He Man appears in DC Comics Presents first. I just realized that, right? Yeah, yeah, this is this is the first of like the solo Masters, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, man, never seen him with the battle axe for it. That's pretty cool. Nice. Can you slide down and show me the variants on that one, Tivo? Uh, I think the variant is probably just the um direct market, yeah, Canadian, there's a Canadian price variant and, and a newsstand. So this is the direct market, which sold uh, back in 1982, though, uh, direct sales were, yeah, Yeah, direct sales were in the early 80s. Exactly. Yeah. The newsstand were more abundant back then. But, you know, some people argue that newsstand were, you know, harder to get in a high grade. But, you know, 
You know, just think about it. There weren't that many comic shops in 1982 compared to now, right? I mean, the 90s really kind of crescendoed with comic shops. So I, I remember one point in my the strip mall by my house, there was two comic shops, one on each end of the strip mall. It was kind of wow. crazy. Um, look at this. A little FF action on here. What is that? Creepy Worlds number... Creepy Worlds with the Fantastic Four Prisoners of the Puppet Master. Wow. Issue number 38 from 1965. I have never seen this book before. That is pretty awesome. The Puppet Master. That's Alicia, Alicia Master's father, I do believe. Um, more Werewolf Ooh, by Night. This is right issue there, yeah. four. That's the, the first, first appearance Darkhold? of the Darkhold. Yeah, the yeah. Darkhold. Yeah, the dark hold rears its ugly head again. Of course, it first appeared in the, they talked about it in the, I think they talked about it in Doctor Strange, but obviously uh, um, uh, WandaVision really flushed it out some, but um, $600 for 9.0. Wow, $1,100 for 9.8. This whole Werewolf by, this Marvel Spotlight run, Werewolf by Night, it's all getting hot. All of the Marvel Spotlight books are getting hot. Gotta talk J. Scott Campbell, right? Look at that. J. Scott Campbell, Superior Spider-Man. Number twenty, five hundred fifty dollars for nine point eight. The one in fifty. I never noticed. I never really noticed that before. It's the Spider Man is a ball, is a ball of yarn. I just realized that because I've seen this cover before, and I just realized she's sitting on a Spider Man ball of yarn. <laughs> That's pretty cool, man. Uh, Submariner has been in the news recently, but we got to talk about space adventures. What is kind that? of with this snowman with lasers coming out of his eyes? What the hell? Our plan to conquer Earth cannot fail. We're invulnerable. This is Strange Adventures number 79 from 1957. $500. Look at that, man. Just featuring invaders from the ice world. But so apparently the ice world, they all look like Frosty the Snowman. They look like Frosty the Snowman. I've <laughs> <laughs> got corncob pipes. That is so awesome, man. Because, you know, you have to have the not only the hat, the corncob pipe. Oh, man. But imagine with laser eyes coming at you. The usual oh you know, the repair horrible. tech tony says maybe that's a british reprint of that fantastic four maybe With a, number hmm. six no remember you were saying that cover that you had never seen before it was oh, a fantastic yeah, four cool. maybe that's a british reprint yeah because there are some uh um, right creepy that creepy yeah yeah you see um no but it just it could be i meant there Maybe. was some uh if you look at my back wall whenever i when i go off screen what's the how much is I that have, thing one is it a one pence is that the one yeah i don't know what that is actually kind of that one one that minus i don't know what it is one apostrophe but i have some comics behind me on a poster and i'll show you once we're done with this that is a uh, features it's called Avengers featuring Doctor Strange, and it, it was a UK only publication that uh, basically reprinted an Avenger story and a, and, a, and a Doctor Strange story inside the book. Because um, I remember somebody was talking about they bought a UK variant for FF48, and I was like, dude, that is super rare. Because you know what I mean? I mean, most people, you know, poo poo on, uh, on Pence variants, but. Dude, have you ever seen a Fantastic Four 48 Pence variant? I've never seen one in my no. life. I said, that's, that's got to be worth something. But. Uh, Always got to do EC Horror on there. I oh, love this. Tales from the Crypt featuring the Crypt Keeper, the Vault Keeper, and the Old Witch. Look at that gnarly cover. That is awesome. EC uh, Tales from the Crypt number 33, $400. They are definitely showing this off for Halloween comic covers. Uh, maybe next year since they just bought it. Blue Beetle. I don't see here on the Too Much. Look at that. This is from uh, Fox Comics, Blue Beetle number 50. That is dope. 
I dig it. Let me show you this other one because I have two copies of this. I need to. I says I only have one, but um, this is the first appearance of Shuma Garath, which people are speculating on. Um, uh, I have this entire Marvel premiere run, but uh, three seventy nine for seven point These, you know what? This Marvel premiere run with Doctor Strange very hard to find in high grade. Um, I will eventually get all fourteen of mine graded. I think Doctor Strange runs from one to fourteen, something along those. Yeah, that's right. Because Marvel premiere number fifteen is the first uh, Iron Fist. Um, there we go. Just for you. Once again, love dairy products. Excuse me, love diary. <laughs> I kept that. I, the dyslexia in me keeps on thinking it's like they love dairy products. I'm like that's so weird, but. Uh, Love Dairy issue number 31, 382 for a raw comic. Oh, man, love this. Come on now. Here's some, uh, this is some nostalgia for you. Radioactive Man. $340 for 9.8. I can remember this being higher before, uh, you know, obviously with Simpsons nostalgia and everything. Uh, good to see Thor on here. You know what? It's weird that we don't, Star Trek nearly doesn't get My as much goodness. love as yeah. Star Wars as far as comic books are concerned. But yeah, Gold Key used to have a, Star Trek series. First appearance of Star Trek. 263 for Raw. Let me see what the highest. Whoa. Okay. I'm, I'm wrong then. Yeah. 9.6. So for $20,000 back in 2019. So uh, look at that. Don't see. Uh, Star Trek really doesn't get much. Star Trek really doesn't get a lot of animated love, nor does it get a lot of comic book love. Although I noticed they're just doing a new animated Star Trek series, like more for kids. Because let's face it, Star Trek was pretty much kind of sci-fi for adults when it came out as a TV series. So it never really dawned on me that it was yeah, for yeah, kids. Creatures on the loose. Get the creatures on the loose. Okay. <laughs> That's dope. Creatures oh, on the loose Craven. featuring Man-Wolf, Craven the Hunter. 295 for 9.6. That's just a cool-ass cover, man. Yeah. Love these, love these anthologies. Darth Maul. This is dope. Star Wars. Darth Maul issue number two. First appearance of Cad Bane's. People still think Cad Bane is coming. So, uh, you know, yeah, if you haven't those. seen it, go go check out the Boba Fett series that uh, the book of Boba Fett, the trailer just dropped. Speaking of Star Wars, there's been a, rese- a renaissance of Star Wars, I would say, since the pandemic, uh, especially with the Mandalorian. I think really kind of kicked collecting the high gear, especially when Ahsoka Tano showed up and then dropped uh, Thrawn's name. That, that I mean, people realized that, yo, there's first appearance of those characters in the comic book. So um, this one is just a cool cover. I don't think this is the first appearance. The This is the origin, origin of Asaz Ventress. Dope cover. I wonder who did this cover. That is really cool, man. All right, we'll just go and look at a couple of more here. Um, yeah, that's kind of uh, sexy. Let's take a look at this one. Rags, issue number one from Onyx, Antarctic Press. Some perv spent $175 from a raw copy. But apparently this is the only one that uh, has nudity. But uh, now you know why. But uh, there you go, boys and girls. That is the shakers for the week. If you see that, see that Doctor Strange book right there? Right there? Mm-hmm. That is a UK version of uh, the Avengers. So it actually says... Um, it's a seven pence variant Avengers featuring Dr. Strange. Um, I had my buddy, my KP Henderson blew this up and made uh, giant posters of it, but that is a, uh, a, let me see what issue is it. I'm blind as hell. Number 66. And that's only, only was sold in the UK. 
And basically, it reprinted Avenger story and Doctor Strange story. Uh, but it's something that you can only find. That's you could say that's uh, that's why. So there's some rare UK books. And basically, they they didn't sell a lot of issues, but a lot of times they reprinted issues or took collected editions. What we would call collected editions now, where there would be multiple stories in the UK. But I've been trying to find this book for a while now. On and every time I see it on eBay, it's for a pretty high price. But the hard as hell to find. But there you go. We just took up an hour of your time. Sorry you can't get your hour back, but JB, any last words? Yes. Come check out my channel. I'm back full-time to YouTube doing a podcast five days a week. I'm recording it on uh, on YouTube. So stop by the chat, get your comment up on the board, or listen to me on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcast, or Apple Podcast. Thanks for having me on. That's right. Jack, any last words? Yes, yes. Everybody in Charlotte, North Carolina, who's heading to the Heroes Mini Con, um, be sure to hit me up. Check me out. I will be there Saturday and Sunday, both days. Uh, look forward to meeting some people from the community. What booth are you going to be? Are you going to be whatnot there? or I'm going to be wandering. I'll be everywhere. I will, I'll have the okay. whatnot mask on, though, so you'll see the W right on my face. There you go. So uh, shout Charlotte, out to the Mi- chat tonight. Yeah, shout Charlotte out to Mini the chat, Con, as is that what it's called? Yeah, it's it's this year. It's called the giant sized mini con. Usually every year they'll do Heroes Con in the summer, and then they'll do a mini con in the winter. This year with no Heroes Con, they kind of combine the two, and it's a a kind of like a smaller presence Heroes Con, but it's still at the Charlotte Convention Center. It's eighty thousand square feet, so it's going to be yeah. That's what we have in, in in SoCal. We have the Long Beach Comic Con, and then they uh-huh. uh, and then they have a Long Beach Light which is a smaller show, which is basically just like a uh, comic booths. And it's great. It's like a two day show. You go there and then the regular huge long beach comic-con, which is, which man hasn't been around for a long time, but I used to love going to long beach comic-con. You could find mostly just comic book dealers. You know, it's not like yep. San Diego where it's like, you have to really search to find comic books. You know, WonderCon is still big and you can find a lot of vendors, but long beach comic-con for the longest time, that was my go-to for, to get. Cause I, I know a lot of the local vendors that um, head out there, you know, all it's all the, if you go to California, up and down northern and southern California, it's the same vendors at every show. You know, you can almost. It's, I think it's like know. that everywhere, everywhere, yeah. everywhere. You you get in your area, you you see those same vendors. Yeah. All right, boys and girls, for uh, AKA Mr. Bolo and JB from Discovery Bay Comics, this is TiVo, and telling you to keep digging them in long boxes and peace out. We'll see you guys when we see you guys. Maybe Sunday, possibly Tuesday, but uh, have a great one, guys. Peace out.